Welcome to Geek Exploration, the podcast where you don't have to insert one coin to continue. I'm John Williams. And I'm Ben Robinson. Raid your piggy banks and strap on your fanny packs. We're talking video games. How are you doing? Whoa. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) How are you doing, Ben? I am doing well. So, you said we're talking video games, Ben, but that is an awfully broad topic. Yeah, I think we're going to be splitting this up into a, you know, multi-episode epic video game discussion. Yes, I like that. In this episode, we'll be covering arcade games and kind of what led to them and, uh, early home gaming yeah so going from arcade games to their eventual death and um starting the home market off video games you know like we said it is a big 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 topic especially for those in our generation and those surrounding ones you know we were sort of there for the earliest important parts well now maybe not that yeah, we were there for kind of the recovery. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the the home gaming golden age. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I would call it the, the golden age because it was so golden. But yeah. uh, there was a generation before that that ended poorly. Suckers. Yeah, and the Nintendo did their thing. So I, I guess to, to start it off, when when I was looking at this, I kind of had to draw the line as to what is a video game because. There'd been, uh, you know, parlor games and stuff like pinball and skee-ball and whack-a-mole. Like, does whack-a-mole count as an arcade game? Yeah, like, when when you think about going to arcades, you think about all the games that you see there. If we were just talking about arcades, then, of course, yeah, we'd have to include that. Even those little, those games where you get to shoot the racquetballs at those clown heads. Yeah. Oh, man, I love that one. I totally forgot about that. Those are all staples of the arcade. But, yeah, we are just talking video games, so we will have to make some cuts. Yeah, because those are not video games. And so the kind of the proto-video game, I guess, would be they had the electromechanical games, which I guess Whack-A-Mole would technically count as. So it's got a computer in there. It's got some logic and stuff it does, but there's not, you know, there's not a CRT screen or some sort of screen necessarily there's no video there is no video in this game that is correct so like in 1966 periscope came out and had like little cardboard cutout boats that you would shoot down with like a you know essentially a light gun yeah and had a you know the computer would register the hits and shoot them down there so you weren't shooting bbs or anything at it yeah and that's probably similar to what they've got now when you go to like even disneyland or uh, i think the winchester mystery house had one oh, of those yeah the shoot little shooting galleries yeah you get that rifle and it's like a whole big diorama but yeah full size yeah totally and um and the interesting thing is that when Periscope came out, it cost 25 cents to play. Oh, no shit. And that kind of, uh, that was in 1966. So that was a good chunk of change back oh, then. Geez. And uh, that price held as the standard for how much an arcade game should cost for like almost 30 years after that, uh, which is interesting. Yeah, that's what it was for my whole childhood. I remember Yeah, I remember when games started going to 50 cents yeah, and how like, pissed I was. bullshit. Yeah, then all of a sudden things are a buck. Nowadays they've got those stupid fucking cards that... You know, you don't you don't know what you're spending, but I did the uh, the math on on one of the simulation games last time I was at one of those places, and it was like four fifty to to do it. It was fucking ridiculous. Oh, yeah, yeah, and it's all obscured behind some bullshit. Now you know this is four point seven eight credits to play. Like yeah. what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> assholes. It's probably not on accident. Yeah, well, actually, the arcade industry actually had a hand in and lobbied hard for the uh, the creation of the Susan B. Anthony dollar coin. Oh, really? Yeah, because they wanted something that they could use their same equipment for, so that was in a similar form factor to um, a quarter. But they wouldn't, you know, they desperately wanted to charge more for games. Huh. And so they lobbied hard for it to be a quarter-sized dollar coin because you know the old Eisenhower dollar, the big dollar, or the uh, yeah, was, yeah. was just too big and impractical to use for coin-op machines. Jeez, how many friggin' dollar coins have there been? Because there was also like the Lady Liberty. There's also those Sacagaweas. Those are more quarter-sized, but that Lady Liberty one was humongous. I remember. Well, yeah, and then they did the presidential ones too. If only it would be uh, useful for them to start making arcade games that could fit those in their slots, but a little impractical. Yeah. So, yeah, but the first kind of real, one of the first real arcade games was, of course, Pong. Oh, yeah. Back in 1972, which is uh, just a, I I guess, tennis-esque game, kind of a competitive breakout. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I mean, the, the name comes from Ping Pong. Yeah, yeah. You know, you've, you've got your two paddles on either side. You're bouncing a ball back and forth. Yep. And uh, yeah, and I, I played the shit out of that game when I was a kid. And yeah. uh, it was a lot of fun. But it didn't really take, the you know, the arcade, arcades didn't really take off and boom much after that. It wasn't until 1978 when good old Space Invaders came out. Oh, shit. That, uh, you know, it, it saw huge success and a lot of other people started jumping in the game of the video arcade game. Yeah, yeah. Shoot, uh, shoot where they're going to be, not where they are. Yeah, yeah. Don't blast through your barrier unless you really think you're hot shit. Yeah. I guess that started the whole boom with other popular arcade games that you still see around today. You got your Pac-Man. Yeah, uh, yeah. Missile Command was was big. Um, yeah, Galaxian, Galaga. Yeah, yep. Asteroids. Yeah. Was early one. Uh, yeah, Defender. Even g- games I've never heard of, like the uh, Bosconian the Bosconian. I yeah. I've never heard of that either. Yeah, it was. Uh, came out in 1981. We should play it sometime. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure I had it on my cabinet. Never played it, though. But yeah, that's kind of where arcade games got their start. Um, and then they just kind of pretty rapidly grew up to be better and better and better. So by the, I mean, by the mid eighties, there was, they were everywhere, everywhere. Yeah. They were ubiquitous. There isn't a time in my childhood where I don't remember there being arcades there. Oh yeah. Yeah. You had, you had actual arcades, you had them in movie theaters and, and pizza places and fucking gas stations had arcade games in them. I mean, they were just littering the country and, uh, it was freaking awesome. Yeah. My first video gaming in general memory that I had was playing Altered Beast at a Pizza Hut around the corner from my house when I was like, shit, maybe five. I fucking love that game so yeah, much. Rise from your graves. Yeah, power up. <laughs> or power, power butt. butt. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, playing that at uh, the Pizza Hut near my house because it had, it had that and some, let's see... Some other game. I don't remember what the other one was, but I played the hell out of Altered Beast, and it was awesome. Yeah, it seems like that was a big thing like for pizza chains and, like you said, gas stations, but I remember like 7-Eleven stuff. Like They mm-hmm. always had like two cabinets just yep. sitting back in the corner somewhere. It was uh, synonymous you know, with it, and like the Round Table Pizza in Folsom growing up, like they always had that Simpsons arcade game and some sort of Street Fighter game and then usually a racing game. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, off road or something where it had like yeah. four little tiny oh, steering wheels. Oh, super off road! Yeah. That was so good. Uh, if, as an analogy, they were kind of like 
slot machines are in Nevada or video poker machines are in Louisiana. They're yeah, that's true. fucking everywhere. Yeah, I remember when I went to Vegas uh, the first time, just seeing in, yeah, a gas station, there's yeah, slot machines there. slot machines, yeah. They're the just... airport, they're everywhere. Mm-hmm. And it used to be like that with good old classic arcade cabinets. And... Back in the good old days. Yeah. yeah, one of those places that I have my earliest memories of, um, and these things are still kind of around sometimes but the uh the big family fun centers yeah um in this case the mine shaft i know you remember that place oh i loved the freaking mine shaft dude so this place for those who weren't lucky enough to know about it it um it had a three-story building humongous um the main floor had arcade machines all over the place top floor had billiards um, down below you would, st- they had like a, a dance floor where like there would be Mormon dances there. It was great. It was like a, a club for kids. Yes. It was cool. They had like lights and all kinds of shit down there. Like it was a proper club looking thing, except it was for kids to go down and have fun and dance and enjoy themselves. Yeah. And, and the place also had miniature golf and that's where you started your miniature golf, like down in the caves, like a mine shaft. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. I forgot about that. You totally did. Yeah, you did like, yeah, it was, I had a couple underground holes and then you went up above ground. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I mean, that place must have been like 6,000 square feet. It was fucking huge. My earliest arcade game memory comes from that place where, surprise, surprise, I found me a Superman arcade game. Oh yeah. It was so fucking cool. It was a side scroller. I know we've played it a bunch when on on the on the arcade cabinets you've made using uh, emulators, but it was so weird because it was a two player game. So one was regular Superman, and the other one was a Superman that had red instead of blue and gray instead of red. It was some weird like Superman cousin, but not Superman. Man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They had a bunch of bunch of random villains that I don't think came from the comics. Brainiac may have been one of them, but. I don't think so. It was put out by Tato, but it, and oh, and he had that weird like charging energy punch. Yeah, yeah, that was bizarre. But man, I love that game. I remember years later when uh, when emulators became a thing. That was top of my list to to get my hands on because I never beat it in the arcade. It, it, I didn't oh, have yeah. that many quarters for it. Oh, and for years I saw that machine like decommissioned, sitting off to the side. And I remember one time asking how much it would cost. It was like four hundred bucks or something. But you know, I was like twelve. How, how was I going to do that? But I wanted that so bad. That would have been cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. They had, I remember that was the first place I played the TMNT four player game and the Simpsons four player game and yeah. Operation Wolf. Cause I had Operation Wolf on my Nintendo. Yeah, totally. But, that, uh, that was the shooter, right? Yeah. Yeah. But uh, it, it did not compare to playing it with a proper cabinet and a big ass freaking light gun on the front of it. Yeah. Yeah. Machine gun. Yeah, and right by the door, I think it was Spy Hunter. The cabinet, it looked like a car, and it, like you would get inside of it. I think that one was Road Blasters. Was it Road Blasters? Yeah, yeah. It was something like that. But it was basically a giant plywood cutout of a car that you would sit in, and you had a wheel and a, you know the pedals, and the screen was your windshield, and it was freaking rad. Yeah, those things were so fucking cool. Like these days, they've got the the beefier seats and the little stick shift and stuff. You know that that sort of simulate that. But it was so cool when we were kids that you were you were essentially getting into like a cockpit and it was more immersive having yeah. a, having the walls around you and everything. Yeah, like it didn't have a door, but it had a back. Like there was yeah. a back of the car. There was a tr- fake trunk on this and car. A, and a roof. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like it was it was rad. That thing was cool as hell. The, the thing I miss the most about arcades is just the experience. If you just walk around, you got all these awesome games. 
and uh, you just pump a little bit of money into them and play them and spend way too much money on some of them. Like the Simpsons arcade game, I think I actually beat in the arcade and uh-huh. it was ridiculous the amount of money you had to spend on it. For me with those brawlers, it was always the fucking X-Men multiplayer oh, arcade yeah. game. That was so cool. And I couldn't stop myself from using my mutant powers. And that was back in the day when our, when arcade games, when you'd use your special, you would lose life. Oh, what a what a nasty fucking yeah. thing to do. Ninja Turtles was the same way. I think Simpsons was the same way too. But I mean, you had your fucking Golden Axe. Oh, yeah. You had uh, Final Fight. Double Dragon. Double Dra- I remember playing oh, shit. the Double Dragon cabinet there. I remember playing that in the arcade. The graphics are just miles above what you could get at home. Yes. Yeah, and I, I remember playing it in the arcade after playing it on Nintendo. And, and for some reason, even though the graphics were far superior, it played so sluggishly. I never, I never liked the Double Dragon arcade game. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Same thing with Contra. Contra in the arcade is weird. It once, is weird. Once you're used to the speed... It's just, it's not what you're used to. It's not what you grew up playing, especially yeah. Contra. I put a lot of hours into Contra. Um, and then, and then, well, there's the, the classic ones too. Like, I'm, I I love Pac-Man. Oh, yeah. I'll play the shit out of some Pac-Man. Now, are you, are you Pac-Man or Ms. Pac-Man? Straight up Pac-Man. OG Pac-Man. I like the little cocktail table ones. Yeah, yeah. That they'd yeah, have, the tabletops. They'd have those at pizza places all the time, so you could, like, eat on top of them and shit. And, Blasphemer. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah growing up my aunt and uncle had a tabletop donkey kong that i played a shit ton so I, I have a lot of love for donkey kong i think of all the classic games donkey kong is probably my favorite like if i see it at an arcade i have to go and uh and play it i just pump one quarter in it's fine yeah speaking of old ass games with mario in them too the mineshaft also had the og mario bros game oh yeah yeah it's true that they turned into a mini game in what super mario 3 mm, yes i would believe that yeah where you run around and you get the little pows and you knock the other guy yeah, out and then the little crabs and shit yeah yeah and i i remember uh since we since we jumped back to the mineshaft real quick they had the arcade punch out have you ever oh. played that in the arcade I'm I'm certain I did. I don't know if I remember it, but it's yeah. uh it's got a view that's more like Super Punch Out for the Super Nintendo or even the uh the the Wii Punch Out. But it was so bizarre because your character was like a wireframe. He was like transparent. Yeah, okay, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. And Glass Joe was definitely there. But I think Piston Honda was Piston Hurricane, but I'm not sure. Bald Bull was probably there. He's he's the uh the one who sticks around. But they also had this weird hologram game. Do you remember that? Where you like stood over it and it was like you were peering down into, again, like a diorama sort of thing. But it was like a big white futuristic looking machine and it had like video, like hologram video of this warrior chick jumping around. I never actually played the game. But Sounds I th- vaguely familiar, but they had quite a few weird little gimmicks in yeah. arcade games over the years. I was always really partial to light gun games. Okay, yeah. What was your favorite? At that period in my life, my favorite was, uh, oh, what was it called? The Aerosmith one. Oh, what was that like one called? Revolution X? Revolution X, yes. Where you, yeah, you Shooting had to, CDs? You had to shoot CDs at people and shit. <laughs> yeah. I fucking love that game. Oh, I totally forgot about that. I've only ever played that once or twice because I think by the time I saw that in arcades, I was already getting tired of Aerosmith. Yeah, well, yeah, they had like four songs on there that played over and over, so it was really easy to get tired of it too. But oh, it was, uh, but if I, I love that game and uh, Virtual Cop. Oh, Virtual Cop, yeah, yeah, yeah. Virtual Cop was super fun where you do like the little training exercises and shit and um, Area 51. And like I said, Operation Wolf. Yeah, yeah. We're all super fun. 
you know, I enjoyed like the old like Rambo three and Operation Wolf games where where they're stationary on there. But I loved once once they started moving into the loose independent gun, the better graphics, the House of the Dead and like Time Crisis games like those changed the game for me. I fucking love House of the Dead. Yeah, absolutely. The voice acting was wonderful, too. <laughs> that first one, the house. <laughs> Of the dead. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, the characters weren't quite as uh, emotive. Well, yeah, and th- there was a sense of urgency in those games that I that I loved when they're straight up charging you instead of just jumping out from behind a barrel. Yeah, they had polygons and they could move. They didn't just they weren't just like a cutout. Yeah, yeah, they react cutout. to the to the shots. You could hit them in different spots. Yeah, Time Crisis was cool too because it had a little pedal where uh-huh. you could duck behind shit. Yeah, it was neat. Take cover. And that's how you reload instead of shooting off the screen. Yeah. The the bane of light gun games, though, was uh, when you'd get the one where it was completely shit calibrated. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, Just and, up in the corner. And unfortunately, it seems like almost all of them that I play these days are because the cabinets that are still around are pretty neglected. And so, yeah, you're like aiming two and a half inches up into the right. Yeah. <laughs> to try and compensate. And Sometimes I'll just naturally default on selecting the second player as the one that I use because it's like, OK, this one's been used less. So it's more likely to uh, to not be fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. We used to play a lot of Big Buck Hunter, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a fun one. Yeah, it, it's kind of the opposite end of the spectrum. You know, there there's no urgency. I mean, you do have a time limit, but yeah, you walk takes up, a little they, patience. Yeah, the moose is sitting there grazing peacefully, and you uh, pick which one you want to shoot, and then uh, then it's a mad dash to try and take as many down as you can <laughs> before they flee. And do you remember that? Uh, I think it was called Police Nine One One, like Police Trainer or something, where where you do a lot of little exercises. Little training games. Yeah, wasn't there like like some like floating balls that you'd shoot yeah. or something like yeah, that? Yeah, they'd pop up in the air. There were like color combination ones yeah. that you had to do. Yeah. One thing that that I found out recently is that like if you busted out your old NES and plugged it into your TV, uh, the light gun wouldn't work. Nope. You got to have uh, what are they? CRTs? Yeah, cathode ray tubes. Yeah. To get them to work. And a lot of people swear by those. You know, a lot of people won't play their NESs on modern television. Well, that's what they're made for. Yeah, they yeah. look they look right. The scaling's all correct, and the the way that the pixels kind of fill in is correct. That's kind of why when, uh, I think, as you mentioned, I built a couple arcade cabinets. I used CRT TVs. Unfortunately, they were heavy and shitty, but they gave you the best picture. So I would be remiss if we were were taking a stroll down memory lane, and I didn't bring up, in my opinion, the king, Street Fighter II. Were you a fan? I was. Not nearly to the degree you were. Yeah. But no, I, I love me a good fighting game. Back in the day, I was more of a Mortal Kombat fan. because That was going to be the follow-up. Yeah, the idea that I could rip someone's spine out seemed <laughs> cool. I could almost never actually, in the arcade at least, pull off the fucking fatalities. No, I don't think I ever have. Fuck. I remember... I remember the first time I ever saw someone do it. Do you remember that uh, that little Raceland place that was in Folsom, like uh, up the street from me? It was the yeah. slot car racing. Yeah. Just like everywhere else, they had two arcade cabinets in the back, Police Trainer and Mortal Kombat. Oh, they got Time Killers after a while, too. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I oh, remember Time shit. Killers was cool because you could like cut the other guy's arm off and yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, just totally <laughs> dismember them. Yeah. I remember a, a billiards place that had that. But yeah, I, this guy, I was probably, I don't know, 11, but this guy was probably like 17, and I straight up saw him as Scorpion, just, or was it Scorpion or Sub-Zero? I don't remember. One of them. Just do the uppercut, rip the head off with the spine attached. Man. Did, did you know that when they developed Mortal Kombat and they put the fatalities in there, they didn't tell 
anybody about them. Their, their plan was to keep them a secret to like just blow people's minds that, you know, a, a, occasionally something would happen and someone would rip the other person's head off. They're just like, what the tear fuck? Tear their heart out of their chest. They'd be like, what, wait, what the fuck did I just do? Yeah. And they wanted to people like, like it to be like an urban legend that it happened and keep it a big hush hush secret. Awesome. Um, and when they were beta testing it, like one of the kids that was there beta testing it accidentally did one and, and he went up to them and was like, that was so cool. I did this, this. And they were like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> totally gaslighted the fucking kid. <laughs> But then they were surprised because like within like two or three weeks of the game coming out, fucking people had figured it out and it was it became common knowledge like super fast. And I think it was within like a month, all of the fatalities had been figured out. Yeah, because I don't remember a time where they didn't exist, where that wasn't like exactly what you wanted to talk about when Mortal Kombat came up. Yeah, yeah. Like they were surprised how and this was like kind of, you know, this is pre-internet too. Yeah. And word was able to spread kind of, you know, organically. About what they were and how to do them and shit. Well, and as much as I love those, you know what? Fuck you, Mortal Kombat, for bringing such scrutiny down in in the old Williams household where all of a sudden, you know, I certainly wasn't allowed to bring Mortal Kombat home when it came to home console. Or I wouldn't be telling my mom that that's what I was playing. But even Street Fighter, once, you know, because they parents back then couldn't differentiate anything. You know, so so I was playing Street Fighter once and my mom was watching and there's sometimes when you punch somebody, they sort of like, it almost looks like they barf because it doesn't look like a bunch of blood coming out, but it's it's kind of thick. But all of a sudden she's just like, ah, that's blood. You can't play this. And I mean, she lightened up because my parents aren't aren't zealots, but, but man, they sure did. Uh... <laughs> she lightened up before or after the giant fit you threw. <laughs> 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 oh, I love my mom. <laughs> if it works, it works. But fighting games were one of the, best parts about the arcade because you can stand there next to someone shoulder to shoulder and like elbowing them and shit if you need to you know yeah and for me as much as i love brawlers like we were talking about x-men teenage mutant ninja turtles there was that king arthur game and like a dungeons and dragons game yeah those were all fucking badass and i love them but i just didn't have the time and patience and money to pump into those so for me fighting games were a quick fix i think that's that's what i've been about in a lot of aspects in my life, you know, just a, just a good quick shot of fun. And, uh, you know, you get a feeling of superiority or inferiority, depending on how you perform against your, your friends. And I remember, oh geez, junior high going to round table pizza after school every Friday and getting the same personal pan pizza with pepperoni and sausage and then playing, um, what was it then? X-Men versus street fighter. Cause those, those oh, Capcom yeah. games, once they got the Marvel license, like they just fucking stepped it up. Like they they killed the game with that. Those super jumps, those giant combos. Yeah, you know, like again, you get like Marvel versus Capcom where you had like the tag team features, so you got to pick uh-huh. two people every time. Oh yeah. Fuck yeah. Well, and, and the other nice thing about most of those games is if you if like you and a buddy went head to head, whoever won got to play another round against the computer for free. Yeah, and sometimes you just want to play against the computer and your fucking buddy slaps down another quarter and you have to fight him and then he might beat you and then you don't get to play against the fucking computer. Yeah, right. a, a, good for a him, challenger I guess. has appeared. Yep. Later on, when Gauntlet Legends came out, it was cool because it would actually save your character. Oh, yeah, yeah. It had the feature where you could, like, type in your name. Yeah. You could come back and play your character again later, and I thought that was really cool. That was Midway, right? Yeah, I believe so, yeah. Yeah, because I think they also did that for, like, the NFL Blitz game. Oh, yeah? I wonder if that was, like, a proprietary uh, thing they had. 
No, it wouldn't surprise me. I, 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 that's a bit more common now, I guess, with some of the modern games. Uh, I guess I read in Japan, arcades are still the number one source of gaming revenue. I want to go to Japan like, so home, bad. Home consoles are, are, are number two. It's like, that's fucking rad. Can we please go to Japan? We should go to Japan. I would love to go to Japan. Should we start a uh, GoFundMe or a Kickstarter for it? <laughs> yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Either one of those. Or, you know, if, all we have to do is make a couple bucks on this show, and then we can go to Japan and write it off for taxes. Yeah. I mean, they've got all kinds of cool-ass shit there. I was reading about this one called Gundam Pod. Mm-hmm. It, uh, you've got a card that, like, you you know, it prints you out a card, and that's your character and all your information saved on it, and you could bring it to any other one. But, like, you've got, like, a home base wherever you print it. It's like prints, like, the symbol for, like, whatever that arcade is. Okay. Or that city is, I think. And then if you go to another city, you're, like, a visitor. But if you don't go to your home base for more than a month and you go somewhere else it erases the symbol off your card and prints the new one on it oh shit it's like nope you're working for these guys now (laughs) you're on a different team you got brand Um, loyalty and and uh competition between friends yeah but the cabinet looks fucking rad like it's i mean it looks like a big gundam that you like when you climb in it it looks like a freaking gundam on the inside and oh uh, you know what one looks like for real yeah oh yeah i used to have one (laughs) (laughs) so is it is it sort of like the next level equivalent of those car games when we were kids yeah yeah totally cool and and i guess you have to like sign up in advance and like they've got different uh like you fight other people and stuff and there's i mean it's just it looked fucking cool i'm sure it's stupidly expensive but uh yeah it's probably like 3487 credits yeah or points <laughs> or yen yeah i think i, I think it, some, i think like that wouldn't be much right yen is a dollar yeah, or something yeah, like yeah. that yeah I, I remember i remember that shit when we were kids you know seeing that in tv and shit where they're like hey, it's a million yen they're like oh that's 100 bucks <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah it's not a big deal it's, it sounds worse than it is yeah and you know speaking of the uh immersive vehicle type arcades it just I, I just remembered a place when we were kids um, there was one in walnut creek and i think there was one briefly in sacramento called virtual world Ooh. it was like really early on sort of like a polygon graphics or maybe not polygon but you know 3d graphics and you could play either uh, a mars racing game where where you're you're racing in ships or there was also like a robot fighting game. And I wish I could remember the name of it because I feel like it was something. I, it may have been Robotech, actually, but I'm not sure. Maybe it's something reminiscent of Robotech, like Robo Mech. But man, that shit was so cool because it was the same sort of thing. It was it was a very immersive experience. Um, you were locked up in that cockpit. Yeah, that'd be fucking rad. Yeah, and I, it was it was a real shame they went out of business because I went there more than a couple times with our buddy Preston and his family. I liked the tactile feel of an arc, of the arcade cabinet, like big buttons and like any game like miss like a missile command and shit where you needed the tr- the trackball. Yes, like the the ports of that. I remember playing that on Atari and trying to do it with a joystick. Is not the same as having the trackball and being able to like quickly zoom over to the other side of the screen and then back. You know, uh, I. I don't think I ever played Missile Command in the arcade, so I, I wouldn't be able to speak to that. But oh, I, really? Yeah. I, I love Missile Command. That's a great game. It's got the trackball in the middle and then two buttons that do the exact same thing in case you're left-handed yeah. or right-handed. Oh, awesome. Well, yeah. I mean, as far as trackballs go, like my aunt, the one who had the uh, the Donkey Kong cabinet, she also had a centipede cabinet. Oh, your aunt's fucking cool. Yeah. And personally... I didn't like the trackball. When I was a kid, I I kept on like pinching my fingers in the side of it. 
Really? Yeah, it was really annoying to me as a child. I wonder if something was like broken on. I don't think I've ever had that problem. Yeah, so that that didn't work for me. Like I was more a fan of like like you were talking about with the the tactile feel of the joystick, which leads to the other arcade cabinet she had. This is the last one. She had three different cabinets. Oh yeah, she had Frogger. Fuck yeah! I am such a humongous fan of Frogger for that. Like I love just the the feel. Like sometimes you just get in a groove. Where you you just flick the joystick forward and to the side, and you're you're just dodging cars and getting on the log at the right time, avoiding the alligators, like that that one hopping right on their dumb faces. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> banging the the girl frogger or whatever that is, the the <laughs> pink and blue one. Yeah. Spraying tadpoles everywhere. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> Frogs don't actually have sex though. So. Oh yeah, they're egg layers, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, they just spray their sperm all over the eggs. <laughs> Poor frogs. Don't know what they're missing. <laughs> but uh that's why um when we when I was what, like twenty? Is that a question? Should I know the answer to this? Yeah, you know, if you knew where I was going, you would. <laughs> I decided to build my own arcade cabinet because I missed having a cabinet. The hell yeah. you say. Yeah, I never knew you built an arcade cabinet. We definitely haven't alluded to it. Yep. And um, I, I technically built two of them. And both of them, I, I decided to make them man-sized. Because the, the one issue I had with old arcade cabinets is, you know, they're made to accommodate younger people and children. Yeah. And I'm six foot. You're like six four. Yeah. So I decided to build this thing man-sized. So that, like if I was standing up straight and I put my hands straight out controls would be there and uh it was fucking cool because i mean it was right there it was comfortable i mean the thing was like six foot eight tall oh yeah it was a huge beast it was massive and uh it was just the biggest pain in the ass to move because it was you know big enough that it was really hard to get through doors because they're also six foot eight tall and you got to like tilt it back on a dolly yeah i remember taking it in one of your houses it ends up like being like six foot 11 and not fitting through doors and shit without leaning it way backwards and fucking weighed a ton. It was also super deep. So you could fit that giant TV in there. Yeah. And, a 27 and so, inch TV in there. Yeah. You, you essentially had to like lay it down flat on its back to get it through a door. Yeah. It was, it was a huge pain in the ass to move around. Like I put casters on the bottom of the first one, but uh, the whole fucking thing was so heavy. It just, <laughs> just yeah. pushed them down and sat on the ground anyway. But, uh, but it was super cool. Oh, it was um, amazing. I had, uh, it, it had, uh, you know, MAME on it, which is the multi-arcade machine emulator, I believe. I will Ooh, not on. correct you. Yeah, that might not be right, but I think it might be. Eh. But if, it, if anybody knows uh, what the name of MAME is and we are incorrect, email us at email at geeksplorationpodcast.com. So MAME is, is basically an emulator for all the ar- old arcade cabinets. People would buy the old jamma boards they're called because all the arcade games were basically hard coded onto a motherboard like you couldn't you know you didn't put like cartridges in it or anything it was just that was the game and uh so they'd go through and kind of pull them off of there and re-emulate everything and they had to do different setups and tweaks for every single game and try and get one unified system that made them work and i had like four thousand arcade games on that thing oh yeah it was ridiculous along with nes genesis snes uh, Master System. I had a bunch of Atari games. I just did it. Yeah. Just a, I think it Game had Boy Advance. Well over sixty five hundred games on it in whole, and I, I definitely never even got to playing them all. <laughs> uh, but I did more arcade gaming with that thing than I ever had, and and brawlers became super fun because you didn't have to keep pumping fucking money into them. Or, yep. Or and- like bullet hell shooters oh fucking bullet like i used to love starting to play those when i was a kid but uh you'd get to the boss and there's just you know bullets everywhere was that like smash tv or 
a smash TV kind of, but like a, like, um, Gradius or oh, 1941 uh, and yeah, shit. Yeah. Or 42, 43, 44. 19XX. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, those games are so fucking fun when you don't have to worry about yeah, coins. When, yeah. When you don't have to spend 30 bucks to beat it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and it was nice cause you could just, you know, load it up with fake coins and go through and play all, all of them. And I, I beat a ton of different arcade games. Well, and that's the only reason why I, why I even know about the the King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table Brawler and the fucking Dungeons and Dragons yeah. one. Like I've, I'd seen those before, but even like sequels to Golden Axe or, you know, that's that's the only reason why I know all about the Contra games or arcade Bubble Bobble. Yeah. Or there, or there was, remember that castle, the Japanese Castlevania game? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that one was fucking cool too like it, oh, i it, totally forgot about that it, it was super fun and i absolutely loved it and I, I built one and then it had some you know learned some lessons and built a second one and sold the first one and then when i was living in texas and looking at the idea of moving back here i did not want to move that fucking thing anymore oh you still had it that recently huh yeah oh yeah i had it right before i moved back to california oh, man and i sold it to some uh some college kids for 300 bucks damn tv and computer and everything everything yeah everything working i got it you know, I went back into it and kind of made sure everything worked again for them, reset it back up so that it all, it all functioned. And they probably just, as college kids do anyway, jizzed everywhere when you're like 300 bucks. Yeah. At I least, at least they should, because I, I would. Yeah, I tried. I, I put. I listed it originally for six hundred and uh, didn't get any bites. And uh, then I just, you know, it was getting close to the time I had to move, so I put it down to three hundred bucks. And they, they called me that day and came and they, get, you know, like we come pick it up. And I was like, yeah, bring some friends. Yep. <laughs> This thing's a fucking beast. Bring a truck. <laughs> and, and I guess they said they were, they were taking it to their second floor apartment. <laughs> Good oh, fucking luck, shit. guys. <laughs> oh, not my problem. No, I, I let them borrow my uh, my fridge dolly. <laughs> Just asked oh, cool. them. They brought it back the next day. So it made it a little better for them. Yeah, every once in a while, I run across the sketches on paper for... Oh, yeah. The plan was to do a mural on the side. And I mean, even if I had gotten it all drawn out, I don't know if I would have been able to paint it. I certainly was not much of a painter back then, but I, I guess that was going to be something I'd worry about afterwards. But man, I remember sketching it on the side of, of that first cabinet, doing the hero's side. We, yeah, in just, white pencil. Yeah, just putting down any character I could find, man. Batman, Battletoads, Double Dragon, the Tubin guy. Yeah. You know, Mario and Luigi, of course. Ah, oh, geez. Like, I I wish we had pictures of what that was. Because, like I said, I have, the, I have the sketches. But, um, man. Well, and I made like a, I went on Photoshop and made like a character collage that with uh, overlays of the controls that went underneath the control panel. Remember that? I had completely forgotten about that. And didn't it also have like uh, instructions on, on how to start up? Yep. Uh, how to start the and exit games and what the different button layouts were for the different emulators yeah, and shit. Yeah, that was badass. Yeah, because you, you bought professional like arcade sticks for it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, it had proper arcade sticks and buttons and uh, they're actually pretty cheap. I, I still have a bunch of them. What the buttons? Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, kind of left le leftover bits and, and pieces because I've thought about getting like um, you see, like the first one had like one of those X arcade sticks that snapped down into it. Yeah, yeah. And I've thought about just getting another one of those and putting like a Raspberry Pi in it with all the emulators on it. You just plug it into the TV and fucking play on it. One hundred percent. I I have rad. a Raspberry Pi, man. I will gladly donate that to the cause. Yeah. And I think you could get them too, or you could probably Bluetooth it out so that you didn't even have to actually plug it into the TV. Oh, shit. That'd be super cool. Smart TVs. 
But uh, but yeah, so that that was that was super fun, and I played way more games and and weird ass games. Like, do you remember that game Fantasia? Uh, not from the name of it. Do 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 do. Do, 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 do. <laughs> no, not from the tune either. <laughs> well, uh, so it was it was like one of those games where you um, you have like a picture and it's like it's got like an overlay on it. Yes. And yeah, you know, you know what I'm talking about. And you know, you, it's got like little things bouncing around and you got to like block out sections of the picture until you reveal enough of the picture that you win and then you get to see the picture. And the picture on this one was naked women. Well, maybe. Uh, but I swear to God, some of these girls didn't look a day over like 15 well they were asian right asian well there's some like maybe russians and stuff i mean it was uh it was like like you're playing and you're like oh i don't know if i this might be a felony see it's <laughs> funny when, when you when you just just started talking about like random games that's the first game that popped in my head but i didn't recognize it by the by the name and i am shocked as shit that you remembered like the tune for it oh yeah how much fantasia did you play <laughs> i played that game was fun it was yeah. a really fun game it was fun couldn't you do it competitively too yeah, and you got to pick a player portrait. Yeah, and like it had like RoboCop and the Terminator and Michael Jackson, <laughs> and the and as you played, like if you were winning, the other guy would get like more beat up. That's right. <laughs> so like you'd have like a beat up RoboCop with like you know they all had like bruises and like blood coming out of their mouth and stuff is superimposed over them, and so did RoboCop, which was weird because you can't really give him a black eye. No. <laughs> but, he'd crack his visor. Yeah, but it was a really fun game. But it was weird and made you feel kind of guilty. <laughs> speak for yourself <laughs> you do have a conscience i didn't think so i mean it didn't stop me from playing it because it was a fun ass game yeah well as you uh opened up the segment with there was a reason why you created that and it was because of the death of the arcade uh, yeah they were no longer in gas stations they were no longer in no. restaurants the last arcade i remember was do you remember supercade in roseville yeah, it was yeah. this little i mean uh, comparatively little room with this sweet old man named archie and his little dog whose name i don't remember oh, yeah, like sat on the counter and shit yeah, right? yeah yeah and he'd walk around with his little uh his little pouch with coins in it and just dish out coins just straight you know you give him the bucks he hands you the coins none of those machines but oh yeah remember, yeah do you remember those uh they had like the belts. Yeah, the little they, jingle jangles. That, that they'd wear, where they had the tubes of quarters yeah. on them, and they'd hit the little clicker, go click, 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 and spit out quarters and hand them to you. Those are freaking cool. I think those were invented purely for arcades. Yeah. Nope, they don't have a reason to exist anymore. No, <laughs> it's true. Um, yeah, we used to, I mean, this is what, our early 20s? We used to get stoned and go there and get some Laffy Taffy and play some power trivia and some, yeah. that, that's where I really got into pinball. Oh, yeah, I love pinball. I've wanted a pinball machine for years, and uh, I will get one one day. Yeah, yeah it was a sad day when uh, when that place closed down. That was the, the last vestige of, uh, of a once-booming industry. So, Well, yeah, and I, and I think the main problem was that consoles just caught up. Like, I mean, back when we were kids, it was, the games were superior. The graphics were better. The, yeah, the, Contra, Double Dragon. Like, yeah, it, it, it Home far, stuff was ports of, yeah. of arcade games. Yeah. It's kind of the way that like live sports are going now to a degree. You go and sit in the nosebleed seats and watch a game where you can't even see the ball when you could watch it on your high def TV. Yeah. Like you have to go to those for the beer and the hot dogs. Yeah. That are really expensive. <laughs> going to a basketball game is great if you're in like the eighth row. Yeah. 
But if you're way up, you know, up on the balcony, it's it's kind of shitty. It's you get a better experience at home. Well, yeah, if, if you're up in the nosebleeds, you end up watching the screen in the center yeah, of the arena anyway. Exactly. And and I think arcades just kind of did the same thing. It's like you know, you get a great gaming experience in your living room now, like really good. Yeah. And uh, it just why would you go there? And so are the arcades that that persisted, like Dave and Buster's, and and some of the other ones, they kind of focused in on that simulation arcade kind of gimmicky bs you know where you need to give someone like you have specialized peripherals or some sort of special experience that they can't do at home it's got like a motorcycle you can ride or virtual skiing yeah Um, yeah the the jet ski of of arctic whatever bullshit which is what i thought for a while um you know that okay you know that's just what they had to play to they had to get rid of the good old classic games and that kind of stuff because people could play those at home they could play them on their phone you know they could they needed some new sort of experience except now i've gone to a couple of arcades recently i went to the this place in, in john's incredible pizza for a yeah. birthday party for one of my kids and i've seen them at freaking dave and buster's too they got like a fucking giant flappy bird oh yeah yeah fucking arcade game yeah like, okay, well, now I'm totally confused as to why we don't have fucking real games anymore, because this is total bullshit. Why would anyone do that? And the, and I see people playing the fucking thing. Yeah, and that uh, that that one where it's like a like a piano, like a touch piano, hit the right the right notes. Yeah. Sort of thing. It, yeah, Angelina loves that. She's she's pretty fucking good at that. Yeah, but you can do it on your phone. Like, and like, they've got Guitar Hero. Yeah. That, that is literally the same thing you could play in your living room, but they've got it there and people are willing to pay, you know, 7.65 credits to play the fucking thing. Well, I guess it goes to show that, that there is something that's still attractive to the experience, but unfortunately they have to pair it with, you know, shitty food. And I mean, well, I guess it's not that bad. They pair it with booze. Yeah. Yeah. At least you could drink there. Well, there has been a bit of a resurgence oh, in, yeah. in the arcade in the, uh, I guess you could call it the barcade Yeah, where the, where there was one uh, called Barcadia that I went to in, uh, New Orleans. Yeah. I think you said there's one here in Sacramento that I, yeah, not I, I went to Barcadia to with you. Uh, the one time I went out there and visited you and that place was fucking tits. Yeah. That place was so cool. It's great. It's a good bar. They got, they got a good beer selection. They got great food and they've got just a slew of classic arcade cabinets and they got ski ball in the back and they got yeah. a pool table and like they've just i mean they had to i think they probably had like 20 or 30 cabinets so i mean it wasn't a huge collection but it was pretty good and i think every tuesday or thursday maybe both they put it, everything on free play yeah and, uh, fucking the, rad. the place in sacramento is called the coin op and like i remember i remember going to that place shortly after i started dating angelina and just thinking like Holy shit, like if I knew this place existed when I was single, I, you know, back in the day, well, I guess you wouldn't understand. You're married to your high school sweetheart. Yeah. But, you know, when you're a single late 20s man and you're a fucking geek, you're like, oh, where, where do I go to meet chicks? And like, holy shit, like an arcade that's also a bar. There's the, the type of people that you want to you meet anyway. They got a lot of chicks there? Dude. Yeah. I mean, nowadays... I'm, I'd just be some weird old man going in there trying to hit on people because they're all they're all 22. Like yeah, it's shit. it's all it's all a retro experience for them. You know, just like oh, this is fucking cool. This is before my time. <laughs> yeah, this is the thing we never actually got to experience. Yeah, but that place is fucking rad. It's a lot smaller than Barcadia, but they've got a lot of machines packed into there. Oh, that's the way an arcade's supposed to be. Yeah, wall to wall machines, man. And outside they've got giant Jenga. Oh yeah, Barcadia had that too, like a two by four Jenga. Yep. Yeah, this, so so that I'm glad to see that coming back because the only place other than that that arcades really still exist is uh, places like Dave and Buster's, which, uh, like we mentioned, the bullshit credit system there infuriates me. They make you buy a freaking card. Yeah, you know you can use it next time. 
I'm I'm not going to do that. Yeah. And uh and yeah, then you got to do math in your head to figure out how much you're paying for each of these things and they make it deliberately difficult to figure out. Oh yeah, I I am give you like you know, six you know, five credits to a dollar and then this thing's 4.35 credits and okay, that's less than a dollar, I guess. I am their target customer because I want to do math so little that I just don't. And I just go, okay, I'm out and I want to play more. Here's 20 more dollars. Well, and then it's, and then the credits all scale too, which is, so like if you go to buy 10 bucks, maybe you get 50 credits, but if you buy 20 bucks, you get, you know, 120 credits. So oh, like yeah. the, the price changes depending on kind of what you bought and what you got and they make it. And, and I get why, because you're going to spend way more money if you have no idea how much money you're spending, but well, it's yeah, just, and it's, it's, it's like when we were kids like and it. we bought pot, you know, there's a price break, the more you buy. Yeah. Well, yeah, with most things. So there's that. And then there's the, you know, places like Chuck E. Cheese, which still have decent-ish arcades in them. There's shit. I haven't even been to one in like 20 years, probably. I talk about my, my kids have had birthday parties there and I've been there. They, um, they, they sell, they'll sell you beer at Chuck E. Cheese too. Mm. They limit you to two beers. Like they, Suckers. Yeah, yeah. They will not let you, it's tough to get drunk at Chuck E. Cheese unless you smuggle something in. Yeah, take a flask. Um, but they're weird because they're, they're like, uh. They're like kitty casinos. Do they still have animatronics? Yeah. Awesome. Oh, yeah. They do. And they still do their little birthday songs and stuff. And they've got like a, you know, like that uh, whirlwind money machine. Yeah. You know, that you go grab, they have one of those, but it's for tickets. It, like it is like a kid casino. Like they've got little things where they, they're basically gambling. They're going, putting their money in and trying to win tickets so that they could buy some garbage at the, at the little stand there. Yeah. And that's what it's all about. I mean, like some of them, they've got like slot machine, like literal slot machines that they can play to win tickets and, you know, all kinds of little game, games of chance is, is all they really are. It is like a casino for kids to go and, and get addicted to gambling early. Perfect. Yeah. I mean, the casino's got to stay in business and you got to hook them young. Yeah, fuck yeah. Well, so I think uh, the death of arcades being uh, due mostly to the home console market, I think that leads us into... Our next topic, which will be the uh, early home consoles. We got our Ataris, our Commodore 64s, our ColecoVisions. Yeah, the um, early, early, early PCs. Yeah, yeah. They're our Apple computers. Um, so let's take a little break and come back and talk about those. Does that sound okay? Yeah. You're yeah. all right with that? Yeah. You I'm, sure? I'm, for now. Okay. Well, I'm holding you to it. We'll be right back. This token can unlock a fantasy you'll never forget. With this token, you can live a dream and be what you want to be in the game room at Connecticut Golfland. With the drop of this token, you can travel the universe, race the Grand Prix, or play for the New York Yankees. You can live out your fantasies in the game room at Connecticut Golfland. A cup of tokens can provide you with hours of fun and excitement. Live out your fantasies at Connecticut Golfland, Route 83, Vernon. Hey, welcome back. Yeah, we're back and we're going to talk about home gaming, uh, the kind of gaming that everyone knows and loves today. Yeah, it's what you think of when you uh, when you, when you hear video games. You don't think of arcades anymore. What the fuck is an arcade? I got video games in my living room. Got them in my pocket. Yeah. Just as a preface here, I will fully admit to having almost no experience with these early systems. Uh, growing up, the first system we had was a Nintendo um, I know we had an we had an Atari twenty six hundred in our garage, and it never worked, as far as I knew. 
So um, I will not have nearly as much to say about this, but I am going to do my best to do my duty to this pod and my country. Yeah, I definitely, um, I did a lot of early PC gaming and I also had an Atari 2600 that uh, I picked up at a garage sale with like four games. Do you remember any of the games? Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. I had uh, Chopper and Pitfall and Pong with the two, like... um, The dials? The dials, yeah, instead of the joysticks. Mm -hmm. And uh, Missile Command, which also used the dial, and Pac-Man, Space Invaders, and a couple others that I don't remember by name. Is that the same one that you had all those years later when you were living in the pool house? Yes. Yeah, because yes, I, I remember when you broke that out and play, you know, playing Pitfall for the first time. That was, in fact, that may have been the only game I remember. No, we played Missile Command too, but. Yeah, yeah, it, it was, uh, I, I had it for a while, I got rid of it, and then I got another one later on. When did I get one? Someone was getting rid of one when I was in Florida, I think. Oh, shit. And I said, I'll take it, and uh, went to try and hook it up. It wouldn't work on any anything, and then I got it to work. I had to like get the a different adapter for it to get it to work on a modern TV, mm-hmm. and I never really played it, and ended up giving it to a friend of mine's teenage daughter. Oh, like, here you go. It's got. I had like, it had like fifteen games for it too. I had a shit ton of games, and it was it was pretty cool. But uh, yeah, I I remember getting that and playing it till my hand was sore because the little joysticks were kind of freaking stiff, and you had to like hold it hard enough with one hand and then move the joystick around with your other little kid hand. Oh, that's right. So like the the hand holding the the unit probably cramps up. Yeah, yeah, because you are you got to hold the base hard enough that you can move the joystick around. You're getting all animated and stuff. And Yeah, I, I remember many a sore wrists and hands from cranking on that knob or <laughs> joystick. <laughs> all of this is, is, is very, uh, very sexual if you're looking at it through that prism. And I don't know why I am, but... I guess I can't help myself. Um, yeah, I remember playing Atari at a friend's house when I was a kid, and the only game I really remember playing was Spider-Man, where it's just super blocky, pixel... I don't even remember swinging. I remember climbing up a building a bunch. Yeah, yeah. And like the, a green goblin flying around. Yeah, or a green series of squares. Yeah, yeah, green <laughs> diagonal squares. <laughs> the graphics and sound design on the Atari 2600 and that kind of era of consoles uh, left a little bit to be desired. Yeah. It was it was rough. Like, I had an Atari emulator on that cabinet. Almost never played it. Yeah. Because uh, the good arcade ports were good. You know, Missile Command's fun. Pong is fun. You know, Pitfall was pretty fun. But for the most part, most, yeah, of, Pac-Man. The, most, of, the, yeah, pa- yeah, most of the games were shit. There was a lot of just really crappy games. And that thing was $200 when it came out in 1977. Holy shit. Yeah, which seems reasonably priced today, but that would this the equivalent of over $800 for an Atari 2600. That's fucking insane. It's totally insane. Like you think, you know, it seems like video games are really expensive now, but like when you adjust the old ones for inflation, they've always been kind of pricey. Well, yeah, it's like when you look at computers too. Like, I mean, I guess mac computers are are the ones that are still sticking to the old model but i remember when i was a kid like my dad getting a a computer with a 486 or maybe the first pentium and it was like 1700 dollars oh yeah and that's that's after the price had come down significantly yeah like we ended up getting a second hand apple lisa when i was a kid Mm -hmm. Uh, i have no idea what my dad paid for but he used it for work and i remember typing on it and like if you typed too fast you would you you could stop and look up and see the letters fill in like it was that (laughs) slow 
But uh, apparently those, when they came out in 1982, were $10,000. Are you fucking kidding me? $10,000. It's the equivalent of like 25000 bucks, like a fucking car. Well, and the, the Lisa, was that after the Apple II? Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah, it was, it was 1982, so. Jeez. I think that it came out. We didn't get one until like well after that. This was, you know, this was very secondhand at that point. My dad definitely did not pay $10,000 for a yeah. computer. I can guarantee it. Yeah, I remember uh, our our good buddy Preston's family had a uh, had a Macintosh when we were kids and playing a few games on that. There was that uh, that Dark Castle game. Yeah, Dark Castle was cool. I remember there there was such such limited sound with that one where where like you'd hear the guy go like or like when he'd be jumping and shit and like he could fall into spike pits and shit. I, I, it wasn't it wasn't Mortal Kombat level, but it was uh it was cool. But yeah, it was all grayscale. Yep, yep, no color. Yep, no color at all. I remember playing um, Lemmings on, on our old Appalisa. Oh, yeah. Where in the world is Carmen Sandiego? Oh, shit. We had that back when she was a criminal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, maybe maybe people can help us out and explain to us exactly what's going on with Carmen Sandiego being a good guy these days. I don't, I don't understand it. Yeah, she was always like a super thief that you were trying to catch. Yeah. You'd have to go talk to like the inspector and he'd give you some clues and you'd figure out that she was in Algeria. Yeah. Then you'd have to fly to Algeria and talk to some guy there and learn your geography and all kinds of little facts. Yeah, and if you go to the wrong place, then uh, then by the time you get to the right place, oh, you just missed her. But yeah. she was heading to this place. Yeah. Game was awesome. Um, There's a couple like text-based adventures. I don't remember the names of any of them, but like where they where you would type in what you wanted it to do. It would like describe to you like you're in this room and you see a door and a window. And there was no images at all? Yeah, none. It was purely text based. Oh wow. And you'd be like, you know, I'd you know, open the window, look at the desk, and you'd go in and a lot of the time you'd type something in and it'd be like, I don't understand. Try these things. You know, try to use these words. Yeah, that kind of reminded me of uh of that game that, that Josh Baskin is playing in Big. You know, where, yeah, where it's that, that computer game it's like throw thermal grenade or something yeah yeah to defeat the ice wizard but yeah so the the i did a little bit of gaming on that but not a lot because it wasn't really very good at it <laughs> it wasn't good at it or you weren't <laughs> probably both <laughs> but you know the, the i mean there was a, a couple of good games but the the atari definitely was far and away the better gaming experience at that period at least between those two between the apple lisa and the the atari well yeah i mean when it when it gets to the point to where it moves so chunky and the graphics are so blocky and like, like the nostalgia can't overpower what is essentially a, a shitty experience. Like I go back and I play old arcade games because they're still fun as fuck. Yeah. But... And you can tell what's going on. Like, and some of them are okay, but the, most of the good ones were arcade ports. And so you playing the arcade version is better. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Especially like when you had that MAME system, it's yeah. like, why would I go and play atari pac-man when i can go play arcade pac-man and like like pitfall was a lot of fun but like it didn't really end like i mean you just kind of ran and did this thing and then that thing and then this thing and i yeah, like screen 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 yeah you just kept doing that over ran you know hop on some alligators swing on a rope jump over the snake yeah do it again. fall through quicksand yeah yeah and um maybe there was an end to it i never got to the end of it no i think it just goes on forever there's got to be some kind of end yeah, maybe. Or I wonder if maybe it starts over. Yeah, well, I mean, you would just go screen to screen to screen, and you could run either direction you wanted. It didn't make a difference, and and it just each screen there'd be something new, well, newish to you know. You could swing across the vines or whatever. Yeah, 
But uh, I, I enjoyed the hell out of it when I was a kid because there wasn't any better video game experience in my living room. Now there is. <laughs> and I like I like how it had the faux wood, little wood sticker on the front of it. Yeah, like, totally. <laughs> it was new enough that it was like, yeah, video games. It was very much wood. of its time. Yeah, we have very very eighties, very like early eighties. Yeah, the the Atari blew up, man. I mean that thing that and, and there was an IBM one and a few others, but a, the Atari twenty six hundred was the, the kind of the king of home consoles for five years or so, and it was huge. Yeah, um, you know most of the games started out as you know arcade ports, like we said, and then they just like there was a couple factors that contributed to just a flood of games and systems. There was a few different systems that came out that you could play Atari 2600 games on that wasn't an Atari. Oh, okay. So it was like the the early versions of the uh shit. What are those called? The like the the retro NES, the Hyperkin uh no kind of no but like you could like take the atari cartridge and plug it in and it would work yeah yeah um yeah which, that's what i mean yeah the, those ones that play like they'll play nintendo super nintendo genesis cartridges oh yeah 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 except they weren't licensed by atari like they, they just they worked and you could get them and they weren't nearly you know they weren't quite as robust but um so people did that and then activision got formed because they broke off of atari in some year in the early 80s, but they broke off of Atari because they were sick of not getting credit. Like the, the Atari basically refused to give credit to anybody that worked on the game in the game. Oh, yeah. I feel like there was a there was a documentary on this uh, yeah, they, a few years back. Yeah, they worked their asses off and they, and they said, hey, we should get credits like, you know, actors or directors or writers or any of those other people. We did all this work on this game. And, and back then, a lot of the time the game was, you know, done by one or two people. Um, it wasn't like today where you have a team of a hundred people working on these AAA games. And it, it, like, so you hear things about them, like, uh, I think it was mentioned in Ready Player One where they, they'll go in and there'll be an Easter egg, like there'll be a secret room that's got like the guy's name written in it. Yeah. This was yeah. the only way he could get his name into the game. Uh, but they, they split off and formed Activision and started making third-party games for the Atari and Atari sued them and was like, oh, fuck, no, you don't. No one makes games for our system but us. And, um... It wasn't looking good, and so they ended up settling with Activision, and it opened the door to third-party development on on the Atari. And uh, within a year or two, there was like 40 different third-party developers. Mostly dog shit. Yeah, mostly just, you know, trying to get on the craze and pump garbage out. Yeah. Uh, Quaker Oats bought a video game developer Uh. because they wanted to get in on the action. Um, Which, looking into that, I realized Quaker Oats owned... um, was it Play School? Who did that? Was it Fisher Price? It was. Uh, did I make a note of that? Uh, I can find it. I don't know if it did. You did send it to me. Quaker Oats owned Fisher Price, and General Mills owned Parker Brothers. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So they were into toys and all kinds of stuff back then. And yeah, yeah. So apparently, cereals were really big into toys and games <laughs> when we were kids, and I never even realized it. Um, but all kinds of people got on. They would license freaking everything. You know, the, you know like the, the infamous E.T., one of the worst video games ever. It's considered. Oh, yeah. It's, just, it's freaking awful. I, I played the emulated version. I never actually played it on the Atari. And uh, it was it was crappy. It sucked. Well, isn't that credited for uh, for the destruction of, of the Atari? Or is that just a just one of the big symptoms of I, it? No, I think it was. Yeah, I think it's just it's one of the one of the. Um, examples of garbage, you know, licensed products. They also licensed uh, Marathon Man. Oh yeah. Uh, I'm not sure how what the hell you do with that movie to make a make it into a video game. Do you like? Uh, oh, get, don't bring it up. 
do you get kidnapped by uh, an ex-Nazi and and get holes drilled in your teeth? What the fuck do you do uh. in an Atari game for that? It doesn't make any sense. Um, and uh, my in my favorite example of. Uh, questionable licensing there was the texas chainsaw massacre oh shit yeah licensed atari game um which i did play and is kind of fun um and the reason it's so questionable is you play as leatherface and you walk around you know basically with a chainsaw and you've got a limited amount of gas and you could find you know find more gas but you walk around looking for gas and murdering little girls with a chainsaw you know, it's funny how, how people points. people talk about just the, <laughs> the psychology behind horror movies and slasher movies and getting all excited to, to root for the guy killing people and how depraved everyone is. You really should look at that video game. That's uh, that's that's kind of a, a step beyond there. Yeah, you just kind of wander around and you've got a certain amount of gas and you cut up little girls and you find more gas. And that's really the extent of the game. Like, it, it doesn't go any deeper than that. <laughs> And that's, that's, you know, they'd pump this thing out and be like, hey, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, people like that, video games, people like that, let's put them together. Yeah. Get this thing out the door. And, uh, and so there was just a flood of garbage games in, um, 1983, the home video gaming market was $3.2 billion a year. And, uh, they were projecting it to go up, you know, another hundred percent the next year and get huge and big and, the next year, or two years later, 1985, after all this stuff had gone down and people had just gotten completely sick, the market was saturated, games generally sucked, and uh, there was starting to be some, you know, PCs were starting to be a little bit more of a viable option for people to play. But by 1985, the entire console game market had gone down to $100 million a year. Oh, that's quite a drop. It's like 95%. Like it just completely ate shit hard over two years. And Atari ended up, I think it was in the Arizona desert somewhere. They ended up burying seven, a little over 700,000 cartridges of unsold games that, you know, they just needed to get off the market because they were, they had to buy them back from retailers and shit. Well, yeah. And there was the whole thing about the, the ET landfill in, yep. what was it, New what? Mexico? Yeah. 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 No, that was, it was most of those games were ET and Pac-Man. Interestingly enough. Yeah. Um, Not so much because Pac-Man was awful, but they just way overproduced it. I remember for years, the the E.T. landfill thing was like an urban myth. Like we'd all heard the, that they did that, you know, just, oh, yeah. they were so embarrassed that they, they fucking bought them all and buried them. There was a documentary a couple of years ago where a dude actually got the, the, uh, the rights, I guess, the permissions to go and excavate that landfill like they did tons of research they they narrowed down to where it could be and they fucking found it yeah yeah and they dug about that and i think that's where they landed on the the 700,000 number because i think before that it was like you know two or three million games they buried out there yeah and it wasn't quite that many i think he found 700,000 still a lot of game cartridges to bury in the desert yeah it's a lot of plastic yeah <laughs> but uh but i mean the, like i said pac-man was one of the main ones in there and that's a great game, and everybody loved that game. They just way overshot on what they thought the appetite for everything was. And, well, yeah, and, it's like, it's like uh, like all those Image Comics number ones and all their different covers and shit. Like it's or X Men number one from like ninety one or whenever it was. Like they, you could bury seven hundred thousand of those and still find them in quarter <laughs> bins. Yeah, absolutely. And by the end of nineteen eighty five, like it wasn't certain that you know home video game consoles would even exist. 
Yeah, yeah. Like they were at the lowest point they could be at. And, uh, you know, the whole market could have just taken a shit, huge shit, and been over from then on. Uh, but. Yeah, but uh, good old Nintendo came to the rescue. They actually, the, they came out with the NES and uh, it was awesome. And they, they, they didn't call it a video game system. They called it the Nintendo Entertainment System. Yeah. Which was rebranded because it was called the, the Famicom. Yeah. Famicom in Japan. Whoa, 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 wait. Save it for the next episode. Yeah, yeah, we'll get there. But uh, but yeah, they, the the reason they rebranded it to the Nintendo Entertainment System was because of the yeah you know, the, the stigma. stain on video games and the home console market that uh, Atari had wrought. Well, yeah, yeah. After after everything that uh, that they had gone through with all that shit, like nobody wanted to be associated with it. Like I I remember I remember hearing that. Oh shit! Save it for the next episode. So, folks, if you want more of that, then you'll have to tune in next time, Yes, sons of bitches. No better way to get listeners to recommend your product than insulting them. Yeah, yeah. Hey, it, wor- it works for it, man. I swear, like, every one of these fucking celebrities and, and pop culture icons are just a bunch of dickheads these days anyway, so maybe that's what I need to do. Just go out and be some fucking asshole to anybody that may show the slightest bit of interest in this, and uh, it'll work. Yeah, accuse them of being racist or something. Oh, yeah, they are racist homophobes. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. If they don't like us, they're fucking racist. Nazis. Yeah. Well, I don't think it's any uh, exaggeration to say how important arcades and early home consoles were to us, respectively. I mean, of course, the home consoles for you more than me. Arcades to me were such a big part of childhood you know preparing for this episode and just taking a mental trip down memory lane going back to the mine shaft and the supercade and you know the movie theater our starcades when we were kids like it really just it put a genuine smile on my face yeah the feeling of being a kid and walking into our an arcade and just hearing all the beeps and boops and seeing all the flashing images and stuff it was just uh it was magical yeah, I was walking in there and just with the anticipate looking around and being like, "Holy shit! Look at all these games I can play." And you'd you know you'd do that first lap around the arcade just to kind of scope out and see what they had. Totally, like get your quarters in your hand. You're like, "Okay, oh, what do I what am I going to put it in first? Oh, what am I going to do?" Yeah, it was like the most financial planning I ever did as a child. Was <laughs> kind of figuring, okay, I've got 15 quarters. What am I going to play? But conversely, like nothing was more depressing than not having quarters and, you know, you're at the movie theater and you can't play anything in the arcade. Begging your parents for quarters. Yeah, you got to sit there like pretending you're playing on the demo mode. Yeah, <laughs> yeah which you always can do. You got to move the joystick, hit some buttons. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, the, 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 just the arcade was such a kind of zeitgeist type thing for, for that era. Yeah. I mean, everyone knew it and was familiar with it and it was a, just a huge deal. And, uh, it's, it's kind of sad to just see that it's not like my, my kids, I've taken them to arcades. They play arcade games. They like them, but it's, you know, they look at them kind of to the degree that, uh, it's just another video game. Like there's nothing special about it. Yeah. Yeah. There's a bit more spectacle in the, in the presentation, but that's it. Like there's nothing special graphically or sound wise that, that they're getting out of it that they don't get from a tablet or a phone even. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And they play plenty of games on both of those. So. You know, time marches on. Uh, I don't know if it now is any better or worse than then. I mean, the game, the quality of games is definitely better now. So, yeah, you know, again, we're probably not that much worse for the wear. 
but it does kind of doing all this reminiscing does kind of make me want to build another arcade, yeah, <laughs> an arcade you should. cabinet. I'll, 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 I'll paint something on the side. Yeah, I've heard that Maybe. before. <laughs> uh, gaming now is standing on the shoulders of the of those that came before, and yeah. uh, it wouldn't be where it is today if uh, it hadn't gone through that. True story. And uh, fuck yeah. Yeah, it's it's almost kind of sad even to be ending this episode. We're like, oh, we we don't get to talk about it anymore. Yeah, uh, I suppose we can off off air, off mic. Okay, yeah, but we're not allowed to have any good good points after this though otherwise it'll be wasted oh that's true yeah because we got to go through the process of oh fuck i should have said yeah, that like, oh fuck i forgot, forgot that, that fucking thing <laughs> thank you folks for spending your hard-earned allowance money with us today um <laughs> tune in uh next time where we go into uh what are we thinking we're going to do nintendo into super nintendo and sega genesis yeah yeah i think the 8-bit 16-bit era yeah yeah, I mean, we probably could stretch out an episode on Nintendo itself, but then we'd, uh, yeah, never mind. But we won't. Yes. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, like like you were saying, you know, because when, when you first brought that up to me, I thought you were a little crazy. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, Nintendo needs its own episode. But, you know, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, otherwise, we, we were just going to be yammering on about how much I love Bionic Commando and Mega Man 2 and Contra. I'm still going to do that, but... At least it won't be for an hour and 20 minutes. Yeah. If you want to let us know how we did, you love us or you hate us, or you want to be featured on a future episode, send us an email at email at geeksplorationpodcast.com, or you can join up and uh, chat with us on the Geeksploration the Podcast Facebook page, or we are on Instagram at Geeksploration Podcast or Twitter at Geeksplore Pod. Come and interact with us. Have some fun. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please give us a five joystick review on Apple Podcast. Reviews would, yeah, they'd be nice to have. Yeah, yeah. Uh, go on there. It's just five minutes. You can do it. Um, oh, not even that. If it's taking you five minutes, what, what the fuck is your problem? But I love you and I'd still love you to do it. <laughs> and uh, if, you, uh, if you'd like, you could also go and subscribe on geeksplorationpodcast.com. You'll get notified when new episodes drop and um, it'd be cool. Our theme song is Cruisin' for Goblins by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. And remember, forward, down, forward, high punch. Fatality. Fatality.